David Shearer has just been named the new executive director of the International Information Systems Security Certification Consortium, or ISC Squared. What's his mission, and what are his key objectives? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with David Shearer to talk about his new role. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. So, no news to you. You've just been named to replace Hoard Tipton, who's been in the executive director role for some time now. What do you see as your immediate goals in this new job? Well, Tom, you know, Hoard's been in the position for almost seven years, so he's well-known within the industry and uh, with our partners. And so one of my first primary goals is to reach out to those existing partners and, and new partnerships uh, that he's kind of started and assure them of our sustained commitment to collaboration uh, and, and joining uh, with them to, to fulfill our vision of inspiring a safe and secure cyber world. Uh, I want to also continue to uh, emphasize internal operational excellence, so I need to focus on recruiting a chief uh, operating officer to backfill my current position. That, that'll help me be more successful in the executive director role. And, you know, I want to ensure that constructive feedback from our membership feeds into our continual improvement so we demonstrate that the voice of our membership is being heard. Uh, that's, that's vitally important to our board, and it's going to be vitally important uh, to me. Uh, we have a broad range of initiatives underway, and I want to ensure that those projects uh, continue to come to fruition. Um, and it's not always about new ideas in the pipeline. I've always been keen about uh, people and organizations that demonstrate the ability to make great ideas a reality. And we have a lot of really good ideas. Uh, we just want to bring those to fruition to the benefit of our membership and advancing our mission. So, David, those are some of the short-term objectives. When you look at the long-term mission, what is it that attracts you about this executive director role? Well, I mean, you know, having worked in the profession and toiled with uh, many of the challenges of managing large infrastructure and the challenges of information security, it's intriguing to me to, to come in with that type of experience and, and with passion and sincerity really advocate for the profession. I mean, I have a sense for, for the hard work that goes into this across the board, not just those in the pure information security profession roles, but the information uh, technology professionals everywhere that may be touching, managing, continually monitoring infrastructure that either hosts or provides access to uh, enterprise information assets. There's a broad range of, of challenges out there, and so I'm, I'm really excited about taking you know, what I've learned uh, thus far as the COO what I've learned through the course of my career uh, of the challenges that are out there and, and trying to bring that uh, to focus to advocate for the profession, uh, as Hort Tipton has for the last six, seven years. Well, I'm glad you mentioned both your, your role at ISC Squared and your career before that, because listeners not, might not realize you've got an impressive resume with stints at the U.S. Departments of Agriculture and Interior and elsewhere, and you've been at ISC Squared for two years now. What would you say are the key lessons you've learned in these first two years within the organization? Well, you know, uh, we're all students of life, and there's always new lessons to learn. I guess I would say uh, out the gate that uh, don't confuse the size of the organization uh, with complexity. So I, I, I just have to fess up. I was uh, surprised at the level of complexity of IC squared and, and, and the complexities that go into truly trying to be and deliver on a global organization and our vision and our mission. 
And so, uh, you know, the last two years has uh, afforded me the opportunity to do a deep dive into our operations. Uh, I hope to leverage that well in the executive director position because I can be more outward focused uh, right from the get-go and talking with uh, great people like you and, and building the types of rapport uh, and, and continuing in, in the spirit of what Horde has done and, and being an advocate and, and speaking out uh, to the challenges that face the industry. Uh, and then, you know, drawing on, uh, you know, the experience I have with uh, what's happening here within the organization and, and doing a, what I hope to be is a, a great job uh, on behalf of the, the goals and objectives our board of directors set forth for us. You know, you make a good point. Coming from organizations that are focused solely on the U.S. government, that must be a big adjustment to suddenly be in a big global organization. How did you make that adjustment? Well, I had some international experience in my last position in providing, you know, IT services and, and in some cases through State Department and embassies uh, globally, but nothing to the extent of what I've been experienced here at ISC Squared. You know, I do think that there are some parallels between public service and a not-for-profit that's membership-oriented. When I was a senior executive and, and taking seriously my fiduciary responsibility to tax dollars and, and, and ensuring that we're expending those wisely, uh, I think the, there's a good parallel with that with uh, with ISC Squared and looking at our members. We're a membership organization. Uh, we're here on their behalf, and the investments and the decisions we made should stand up to the, the test of, of, of uh, questions and, and transparency we need uh, to demonstrate to our membership. It's all about our members and finding ways to, uh, you know, to deliver value to them. And it's not all about just growing the numbers. We have to be uh, dedicated to our existing membership and then look to advance our vision and mission beyond that. So you talked a bit about Horde and what he has done. What do you bring uniquely to this position, particularly from your past experience? Probably, you know, I think Horde, our careers have paralleled, and I've always been more the the operational hands-on on guy working with Horde. So I think I'm probably... Uh, more steeped in, in the, the, the detailed work that goes into IT operations and security. So uh, I, think, uh, I think I've toiled and, and rubbed elbows with the day-to-day and, and, you know, in mobilizing against attacks and, and looking at the growing sophistication of the, ta- the attacks uh, and, you know, protecting critical infrastructure on, on behalf of the country in my public uh, sector career. So, so I hope to be able to take that and speak with, with uh, credibility that, uh, you know, I'm not a neophyte within the industry, that, that I have experience, you know, I have my battle scars, <laughs> and, and, and now trying to advocate for others that are in the trenches uh, out there doing, uh, doing their level best to provide a security posture for their organizations and, and the information assets that uh, they, they protect. David, speaking of that security posture, it's fair to ask, what are the threats that concern you the most today? It's the the growing sophistication of the types of the attacks, the increasing global landscape, both of from where the attacks are are originating from and where the attacks are actually going. It's just broadening across the board. So, you know, these well-funded, very sophisticated attacks of burrowing in and, you know, we have the situation out there where we probably have many, many organizations that are already owned by a a foreign entity or someone outside of their organization uh, that they may not be aware of. And uh, and we need to increasingly have ways of continual monitoring and fleshing out those types of intrusions so that they're not sitting there waiting uh, for some event or to take advantage at some future state, unbeknownst to you know the organizations that they've that they've uh, breached. 
Um, so that that concerns me. I think you know with the ubiquitous nature of mobile devices, security has always been a paradox in that you know we want convenience, but we also want uh, you know we also want secure. Uh, solutions and sometimes those those are at odds. So as we try to make uh, the mobile workforce uh, things easier for them, we we increase sophistication um, and the complexity of securing and 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 taking into account that that growing attack vector that's there. And then you throw in how attractive it is from moving from a capital expenditure to an operating expenditure with cloud computing. And you know, there's a proliferation of cloud solutions out there that may not necessarily uh, be thought of uh, within an organization's enterprise architecture. So you want to make sure that you're not moving down that path that may look really well on your general ledger, right, from a cost perspective, but you're not doing it haphazardly and introducing new risks uh, to the organization. You know, as I sit here listening to you, I think about the ever-sophisticated threats, the increased complexity of, of security and technology. And yet we seem to have fewer people than we need to be able to fill the roles that we have. What's your take on the global IT security staffing crisis? And realistically, what can we do to address it? It's pretty well documented uh, that academia, we're, we're having challenges, at least here within the United States, in attracting uh, young people into the science, technology, engineering, mathematics uh, degree programs. And so that's pretty well documented, and, and, and we know that there are things, and we're working through our global academic program to try to partner with uh, colleges and universities to either augment or complement what they're doing with their cybersecurity programs. And, and there's a, an increasing appreciation that uh, formal education and certification are complementary that as people graduate from colleges and universities and going into a certification program, universities have confidence that continual learning is going to be a part of it. So we're trying to attract more people into the field. Our, our foundation through our Safe and Secure Online is a great opportunity to, to really win the hearts and minds of our young. It's so, they're just so quick on the uptake of information that the, when, when they're exposed or, or, or made aware of the risks that are online, you can just see the lights go on that they're intrigued by the profession. So we hope to continue to try to use that as an opportunity to, to touch the hearts and minds of those young young kids and, and maybe see those, uh, those individuals uh, in increasing numbers come into the profession itself. But then there's the aspect of it, uh, Tom, that I think is often missed. And it's just my opinion on the matter. Sometimes we look at the crisis just through the pure information security jobs. And really out there, every information technology professional that touches infrastructure or continually monitors infrastructure, all those folks aren't conveniently aligned under the chief information security officer. That's just not, the world isn't just that clean. Often the chief information security officer has to influence the security program through policies, procedures, and practices. And those IT professionals work for the CIO, or they may be out over under the CFO uh, managing their core financial systems. And so the crisis itself isn't just about the pure information security professional. It's every IT professional that plays a role in this information security program because the principles, practices, and best practices and procedures they're using in managing servers, routers, switches, needs to be aligned with the over, overall security program. And so we need to be looking at, uh, you know, educating and certifying those, those uh, IT professionals as well uh, so that they have a common lexicon, they have a common level of expectation in their role in supporting the overall information security program of their organizations. 
Well, David, I look at the news headlines of the past year, and I don't know how the information security profession could be any more prominent or any more attractive. What do we need to do to bring people into this profession? Well, it, it, another great question. Uh, and, you know, we have underserved groups in the profession. You know, our, our research shows us that the, the profession is only made up of uh, roughly uh, 11% of women. And, you know, women, uh, uh, I've, I've worked uh, in my career for some fantastic female leadership, and I can tell you I've actually had women lead my security program in, in other engagements that I've been under, and, and they do a fantastic job. Now, what we do to reach out to them and engage them to come into the profession, that could help a lot because uh, they're underrepresented. And then we also have to look at the, the millennials and the generational aspects of how we reach out um, and, and, you know, we have to talk the language and understand and appreciate how we get people intrigued with this because, it, to me, it's exciting. I mean, I wake up every day and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what we, what we can do to, to raise awareness and, and help the profession. But, you know, it, it seems uh, that, that uh, there are plenty of opportunities to, to make people aware, and, and again, through reaching out to them early on in, in high schools and, and, uh, and through our Safe and Secure Online, we're trying to do our, our level best. But I think it's uh, most of the things we do to advance our vision and mission come through partnerships, so we need to continue to look for opportunities to bring other people to the table and leverage their experience to try to address the crisis. So traditionally, ISC Squared is focused on credentialing the profession. What is ISC Squared's role in addressing this staffing crisis? Well, I think, you know, we've had uh, huge success with our CISSP, and often the CISSP is almost uh, viewed as the brand, but uh, we have a, a very uh, a very broad um, credential portfolio out there that really addresses a broad range of issues that sometimes go unaddressed. If you're a CIO out there and you're spending millions of dollars on perimeter security, but you don't have the means by which to look and assess whether you're developing secure software, whether that's homegrown software or off-the-shelf software and how it's configured, uh, you can negate a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, investment in, in your information security posture. So I think we need to, to broaden the discussion about what constitutes information security programmatically. There's a forensics component to some organizations with increasing health care. Uh, you know, we're raising awareness, and, and we've tried to address the market need with our health care credential. Uh, you know, we see that uh, cloud is uh, proliferating out there, and so we're trying to address that need with our forthcoming cloud credential that we've partnered with the Cloud Security Alliance, uh, another example of two organizations looking at a need and collaborating toward, uh, toward trying to make a positive difference in, in, in the market. And just trying to raise awareness that there's a broad range of topics that uh, maybe are more attractive. You know, not everyone needs to be the chief information security officer, but there are a lot of application developers out there that may not see that they play a role in the information security posture. You know, and so we start to bring those other people to the table and, and, and demonstrate how they contribute to the overall uh, organization uh, relative to information security. And I, I think we can be more successful by broadening the conversation into other areas that may not be blatantly obvious to the casual observer that contribute to the security posture of an organization. Well, final question for you, David. You've recently celebrated your second anniversary at ISC Squared, but the organization itself has just celebrated its 25th. What will you do to help strengthen the foundation for ISC Squared for the next 25 years? I think, first and foremost, it's going to be providing tangible value to our members. It's not just about increasing our numbers. It's about service to our existing membership. 
and, and I'm going to put considerable energy into continuing to improve in this area. It's a, it's a key objective that our board has made us well aware that, that they're going to be watching our progress uh, in that area. Operational excellence is going to provide the underpinning to scale to support uh, our vision for inspiring a safe and secure cyber world while providing value to our membership. So we're going to continue to put strong emphasis on, uh, on continual improvement in our operations. And then looking to expand our global reach uh, through partnerships, growing our chapters, and reaching underserved markets. That's, that's vitally important to us to really bringing our, our vision and our mission to fruition. So those would be the, the three areas that I think if I really put uh, a conscious effort to advancing that, that hopefully uh, one day they'll look back at my tenure as the executive director uh, with the fondness that I think people will look back at Hort Tipton and the accomplishments he's made in, in the last six and a half, seven years. Well, very good, David. I look forward to meeting you down the road and talking with you about your objectives and, and how you're, you're progressing and how the, the field is changing. Thank you very much for your time and your insight today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate your interest. I've been talking with David Shearer, new executive director of ISC Squared. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.